M-M-A. It's in the cage. Welcome to another edition of MMA in the Cage, your pound-for-pound best source for mixed martial arts coverage in the podcast world. My name, my beautiful name, Ryan, my beautiful name is Estevan McCarthy. And with me, as always, we have Ryan Jenkins. Ryan, what is happening, dude? What's up, bitches? Ryan, we were just talking about, right off the air, about my name, Estevan. It's a beautiful name. Wouldn't you agree? It, uh, it rolls off the tongue quite well. I think it does. I it's, got, it's got just enough flavor, but not enough, not, not too much though to scare you. It's like, whoa, what is this, what is this guy bringing to the table? No, but it, it keeps you, it gives you enough to be intrigued. It's, uh, it's not hard to say. Um, well, if you say it correctly, it, it's, it's a, it's a little exotic. It's familiar. Um, you know, people are used to Steve and Steven and all that. So, you know, I, I think all around, it's, uh, it's got a lot to offer. You know, Ryan, I'm getting married in uh, less than two months here, and my my fiance, your sister, is not a fan of my name. You know, she's not. No, I'm sorry. She says she's not. Yeah, that's exactly what her 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 um what she said was. I'm not a fan of it. You know, I get compliments almost like I would probably say like a monthly basis. Like, wow, that is a really nice name. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. And I got a great idea this week. God forbid I ever have children, but I think I should name my first son Esteban. Uh, just, just, just throw it in her face. Just bam, I, right I in the would, eyes. I, I would probably do that um, because God knows somebody needs to do something with a good name like that because you've just wasted it away. <laughs> I still got a couple of years to do something. But okay. <laughs> exactly. That needs to get into the into the uh, the social zeitgeist of the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> the, only, the only Esteban people know now is like the the, uh, the medicine man that we learned about in like history, like the black Esteban that came here and did medicine. Do you remember that? No, not at all. It's fine. You never listened in class. But Ryan, I am doing an isolated incident out here and um, in San Francisco this week. I am. Yeah. So uh, this is this is live from San Francisco. That's it's not live. So don't try and tell people that it is I'm it's sorry. just you're, you're you're speaking into the mic at this moment from san francisco that is correct very fucking impressive so uh how's how's the bay city god damn it's fucking cold here i thought it would be warmer it's fucking it's it's, oh, it's hotter in chicago right now like i can't get away from it but um yeah you know lots of lots of queers which i like my you know they're, they're nice people and um man dude i almost got in a fucking fight with a bartender last night because i told him like i saw some guy drinking a shiner and like nobody drinks shiner outside of texas but everyone in texas drinks it and uh you know i i was like oh hey you from texas and you know i started talking to him and the fucking bartender over here is me he's like i don't fucking like people from texas like why is that and he's like you guys support the death penalty over there and it's like yeah, I do. I was like, yeah, absolutely. I think we should kill people more often. And he fucking got all kinds of butt hurt and wouldn't serve me after that. So, but that's okay. It was close. Cool. Good God. Yeah. Seriously? No, seriously, dude. We okay. That, that's, that's right. So we drove out to Stanford, which is in Palo Alto, and um, yeah, and 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 dude, and I don't know if you know this, but Stanford is a uh, a very hippie town. If 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 to put it as nicely as could be. Dude, there were fucking hippies and long hair. I mean, just hairy armpit bitches just walking everywhere. Everyone was ugly as fuck. I mean, it was... No. Oh, absolutely. No. There were not hairy armpit bitches. Oh, there were. No, there were. Like, dre- we're talking, like, dreadlocks. Like, dr- like, 
dreadlocks in Dread- their armpits dreadlocks down to their asses i mean it was bad and like we went i was and, and i just i got called out for being uh for being a little i think forward-minded personally but apparently over there on their stanford campus i'm a little too uh a little too progressive for them but uh yeah we went out we all went out to a bar over there because i was out was out with some guys and they wanted to see some college chicks and you know go to the college scene around here and so we go out there and we went to like the coolest part of Stanford, and like the, the the town was literally deserted on a Saturday night. There was no one out, and we went to the shithole bar, and dude, it was just fucking ugly chicks everywhere who look smart. They look smart, I'll give them that. But um, yeah, I'm I'm happy that I went to Texas Tech. <laughs> well, were were uh, were they smart enough to make you work for it? I don't know, I don't know, man. I did, you can ask the other guys there. They they were working pretty hard and got nothing. So, <laughs> but aren't those the same guys that? Uh... You know, have a hard time actually looking at you in the eye. <laughs> We're not going to get into that. Okay. Not going to get into that, Arnar. But uh, yeah, man. And then they were just snooty bitches over there. It's like honestly, they lived in like you can tell that you're in San Francisco because people were copping attitudes with the customer like they'd never been smacked in the face before. Like, it, like I, I, I asked for a beer and I was like, yeah, ma'am, can I please have a shiner? I'm a very nice gentleman. And she, and she goes towards the, to the fridge. I'm like, actually, no, no, thank you. I don't want that. And, you know, she still goes to there. And, like, she's making eye contact with me coming back. I'm like, I don't want a shiner, man, please. And she just slams it down on the ground, just takes the cap off. She's like, I'm having a bad night. And she walks off. Okay. Like, I, didn't, I was like, I still don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't want it. So it was it was kind of a – it was just weird. And then, you know, racial slurs were thrown out with other guys in my group. And it was, it was just bad. It was bad. Okay. Well, so you don't ever go to Stanford, man. Not that great of a place. Uh, it wasn't on my uh, bucket list, so I can I can keep it off, I guess. But what you uh, been up to this week, Ryan? Oh, just uh, taking in some live MMA. I know you went to a you went to a show last night. Yeah, XKO ten. Um, it was uh, slated to be in what's called the gym, which turned out to be just a. Um, non-air-conditioned warehouse a room <laughs> yeah so it uh it wasn't anything special there's probably about 1200 people they did a good job packing people in that's pretty good and uh there was standing room where i ended up being that was by the fans uh, about five rows back from the cage the cage was a fucking disaster i don't think it actually um you know was anything that a commission would approve because I know the cage has got to be a certain size, and it was really small. What was this amateur, or was this? No, no, this was pro. these were all, these were pro. So, okay. um, you know, the the thing is, the Texas Athletic Commission's not anything strong. I don't know. I'm sure there were people there, and it, if it did, it must have just barely fit. Because I I think the cage has got to be at least like eighteen, um, eighteen wide. 18 feet wide, and I don't think it was quite that, even that wide. And it was just in the shape of a square. So nice. there, so like there were ring. there were there were four corners, and you know if you, it, there was probably three of the fights. You know, as soon as they got it into the corner, the fight was over because you're just guaranteed a, t- a takedown there, and sure. you, there's just there's nowhere to go. So that was uh, that was all right. The uh, um, you know, one of the big things that I noticed, and we were also talking about this off the air, is just how ignorant the general public is to MMA. And you figure being, you know, being out in public, general public is a little bit different. Being actually at an MMA event and having people just be 
completely clueless as to what's going on in the sport, I thought was was pretty shocking to me. Right. I mean, like, especially like an amateur one. I mean, you know, you'd figure that like, oh, they're actually interested in not I'm sorry, not amateur, but like lower pro level. Like, why would you go to that as opposed to like a UFC? I mean, granted, yeah, it's cheap and maybe there was good, good deal on beer. But like, I would not go sweat my ass off in the gym to to a fight that like I had no idea like who was on the card or anything like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's so. just not something that you look out, you know, something that a sport that you wouldn't. It's like, you know, would I go and, you know, watch a uh, crick, game of cricket just on a whim? No, you wouldn't go do that just because it's something that's happening locally. You think you would be interested in it. <laughs> sure. So, um, you know, I, I figured the people that were going to be there were going to be, you know, somewhat educated. But shit, even even in uh, even in my jujitsu class, it's amazing. You know, you figured, hey, they're taking jujitsu. Surely they're, you know, kind of up on MMA. And a lot of those guys really just don't know what's going on. They really don't follow it. And if they do, it's just it's 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 very casual, very casual fans. Yeah, it's funny because like even the like even the guys that I was training with, like that actually fight MMA, they really like they, they keep a they keep a pulse on it. But other than that, like they don't like watch it like we do. I mean, maybe maybe we're just better than everybody else. That could definitely be it. Maybe we're just the biggest fans out there. <laughs> except for me I, I think you're a little bit bigger because you actually watched the strike force challengers events i won't do it i won't do it <laughs> I, I watched i watched some mfc and uh titan fights and uh uh fortunately now i've got uh hd net so that allows me to to watch a little bit more of a uh, variety but it's all stuff that just gets dvr'd and i fast forward through all the bullshit and so it's watched very efficiently uh for the kind of the the lower rung same uh, with promotions. the I was say same with the tough show with me. Like I can't like I like the first couple seasons. Like ooh, let's see what they get into in the house. But now I'm just like fucking, just get to the fight. Let's just blah, 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 blah. okay. Someone yeah, tore, I, someone tore down a door. Cool. Blah, 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 you know that's it. Same way. I mean, I I just can't watch any of the bullshit. I watched the first episode actually. Just bringing up tough now is I watched the first episode just to see if anybody would bring anything to the table. Dos Santos struggles with English. And so it's his kind of his main uh, head trainer uh, that does most of the the talking to the camera. Right. And um, and Brock is, you know, he's what did I he's a guy people want to see fight, but he's not really a guy that you want to see in a reality show. I was going to say, like, what did I say about him? What did I say about him originally when 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 we were saying like uh in terms of coaching, what he's going to be able to bring to the table? I think we saw it last week what he actually brought to the table. He is going to be like the best like jazzercise coach out there. Like everything was just just exercising like with his little mountain climbing machine and the little thing that you spin around and you put it above your head and then you put it low. That was, that was all that he was doing. <laughs> there was no fighting involved. There was no rest. There was nothing. Okay, well, granted, um, I, I'll give you that, but you know, really the what are you really going to change in a guy's game? in the short period that they're there. I mean, really, at that point, you want to try, if you can do anything, help improve their conditioning. Well, and that's one thing, going back to just this regional show that I attended, that's that's one of the biggest differences between the the guys that are in an upper echelon promotion, a, a strike force, a UFC, and guys that fight on a regional level is just the cardio shape that they're in. How can um, you? I was gonna say, how can you say like, where are they gonna learn in that? They have they have like an eight to ten week camp there basically, and how like you're talking about guys in the beginning of their career. That's where they're gonna learn the most. And if you're getting top level, top notch competition and trainers, you're gonna learn a shit ton. 
Uh, I don't know. There's only so much you can take on, though, um, as far as doing new things. And it's it, you've also got to gain the, the trust of the guys. The guys have to kind of give into it. And if they don't end up trusting the guy, then they're not going to listen to what they say. Right. I mean, Brock was trying to train him on, you know, a, a couple of movements just to show, like, Brock has some sort of level of expertise. And I, I, Brock doesn't know. Brock is not in a position to be training these guys. I want to see the. I want to see the. I will stop and watch the the episode where Brock is doing leg kicks. That's that's the one I'm going to be turning into. I want to see it. I want to see it. But uh, so Ryan, we uh, we've we've gotten a little bit off course here. We usually have a, t- a schedule we like to stick to, but we we usually like to go over a couple of stories, just kind of get in the mood of uh, of the of the cage. And uh, we kind of got a little off topic here. What kind of stories you got for me, man? Uh, there was a interesting thing out of. Uh, Illinois story. A uh, guy got arrested uh, for robbing a bank, gunpoint. Um, this happened in uh, some fucking city. I don't know where it is. It says in this Rust Belt city. Do you know where the Rust Belt is? I don't. Let's just say. Let's just say Skokie. Let's say Skokie, Illinois. <laughs> I like it. Anyway, okay. so. So we're in the middle of Skokie, Illinois, and turns out that this guy is 13 years old and is now facing 21 years in jail. In Illinois, they can actually um, they can try a juvenile um, if they're at least 13 years old. I and like so this it. kid, um, he was apparently real aggressive with the gun. I don't think he didn't shoot or kill anybody. The thing ended up being unloaded, but uh, uh, they're thinking he's going to end up spending. Uh, the next 20 years of his uh, of his life behind bars. I thought that was kind of crazy for such a little kid to, you know, already have the good part of his youth just taken away from him. I don't really know how I feel about that because, I mean, at this, at this, I do like the fact that he's getting tried as an adult. That's nice. But at the same point, it's like, how stupid were you at 13? Because that was pretty uh, stupid. Not stupid enough to go rob a bank. I think most of us were not stupid enough to rob a bank, and obviously he did a no-no. But I mean, 21 years is, I think, is it's kind of a, it's a good amount for a youngster. It's a good amount. Yeah. So, so what do you what do you what do you do for a, you know these young kids like this? Like, what is the level? You say 13, it's okay to try him as an adult. What if he was 12? What if he was 10? I don't know. I definitely think I, I'll put it this way. If they're going to try him as an adult, I, I like – it's better than trying him as a, as a junior, okay? As an adult, you can – I think I think they should get harsher punishments. Like, you know, not just like he should go out and, you know, go pick up garbage for, you know, 41 hours and stuff like that. I think you should be tried on a harsher level for such a crime, but um, – Like executing him, right? Just like, <laughs> uh, like you were a big advocate of uh, that uh, pissed off the bartender for. It happens, man. You know, fuck him, dude. I, I I'm not gonna deny that. I like killing. I I don't mind people dying. Okay, it can, it, the people need to die sometimes. You know, we got too many of them hanging around. And if you kill somebody, you should be killed. If you go rape a shit ton of people, I think you should be either be raped in the ass multiple times or you should be killed. You know, I, I don't know if I'm the only one that thinks that, but uh, whatever. Yeah, you, sh- you you shouldn't do that though. I mean, the, the thing is, I think as far as executing people is you gotta. You got to if there's plenty of evidence or if they admitted it to them themselves, put a bullet in their head and be done with it. Don't go through this, you know, this crazy process that they've got. There should be, you know, just that express line for, you know, some people. So you don't have them sitting in jail for 20 years 
on death row. That just doesn't make sense to do that. The only just, I'll say the only reason that I can't, like I don't agree with them yet. Right, exactly. S- spending you know sixteen years my fucking money just living in a goddamn cell. That's fucking bullshit. But at the same point, I I, I like the, I think it's go- okay. Like from from here on out, they should do that. But like. Before they really didn't use DNA evidence in order to like you know solve cases, but now they're going back and resolving a lot of cases, un- or I guess unsolving a lot of cases, and um, you know it's actually making people like that were on death row it's like oh shit he actually didn't do it. So now like you know I, I think I think it used to be a shitty system, but now it's it, it's a very efficient system, and uh, I think they should go from there. But and uh, so yeah, that's what I think about it. Okay, well, I mean, that, that gets back to my point. What you should end up doing if there's not just that overwhelming concrete evidence, and I don't know what exactly that level of evidence would need to be, but if you get to that point or if they're admitting that they actually committed the crime, that it was heinous enough to execute them, then just fucking kill them. Otherwise, just put put the people in life in, jail, life in prison. See, so, I don't... It, so then at that point, you can have the appeals process to where, you know, to where your lawyer can do his thing, which is what they're going to do anyways. Um, but don't put them on death row because there have been people that have been executed that have been innocent. And I mean, that's a horrible thing to think about, but, and you you don't want that to happen, but if you've got the evidence, then why are they sitting? Why is that taking any time at all? I mean, seriously, just do the cheapest thing possible. There shouldn't be any money spent that you don't give that type of person any sort of respect. You put a bullet in the back of their head and you throw them in the fucking ground. Yeah. Don't even let them get last words in. Don't let them have an extra meal. No, no, no. Just fucking. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I think we should take China's uh, mentality on this. If you're a prisoner and if you're on death row, guess what? You're the first one to give up your organs for someone who actually needs the shit. That's yeah, all. that's yeah, that's that, that that's that's a very good point. Uh, um, kind of brings up uh, my brother had spent uh, a couple of weekends ago in Singapore and he said it was the cleanest most immaculate place for a big city that you can imagine I mean to the point to where you can you know drop food on the ground and you could feel comfortable just in the middle of the street and to pick it up and eat it that it was still that it would still be good but at the Uh, same point though they will beat your fucking ass with a stick in the middle of the street if you don't pick that burger up yeah, they will. They will fucking beat the shit out of you. Their shit is so severe, <laughs> and it's swift justice. And I like swift justice. <laughs> it's, no, it's no bullshit, you know. None of this politics. No tree hugging. None of these California queers get in the way. Yeah, just swift justice. It's clean. It's simple. It's to the point. <laughs> which is which is ironic because you know you figure the Californians would like a clean a clean uh, way to deal with things. But anyways. So, Ryan, I got I got a story for you. Go ahead. A, uh, a Norwegian boy saves sister from moose attack using World of Warcraft skills. Okay, so one – how old is the kid? Hans Horan Olsen. Hans. 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 I love a 12 it. A 12-year-old Norwegian boy saved himself. 12. 12. How does he? A twelve-year-old cannot fight off a fucking moose. Well, Brian, let me let me let me go ahead and uh, let me go ahead and throw some knowledge on you. So when the moose attacked them, Hans knew the first thing he had to do was quote unquote taunt and provoke the animal so that it would not le- so it would leave his sister alone and he could run to safely. Taunting is a move one uses in World of Warcraft to get monsters off the well, le- the less the less armored team members. <laughs> now. Once Hans was targeted, so he, he so he pissed off the moose. Yeah, exactly. Pissed off. What no, he taunted the moose. So then, with what? With what? Like, I don't know. Dancing like around like gonna, a, 
dancing okay. around like a silly Norwegian, probably. Now, <laughs> once Hans was targeted, he remembered another skill he had picked up at level 30 in World of Warcraft. He fainted to his death. The moose lost interest in his inanimate body, and he left him alone. Oh, man, this is good stuff, dude. You know, you got a 12-year-old here who's saving lives. You got 13-year-olds in Chicago who are being fucking assholes and robbing banks. God, I like that. How is that? I, I don't understand how that's attributed to the game at all. That doesn't make sense. So he, you know, yelled at the thing and distracted it and then played dead, which is... You know, kind of what everybody's told. You can do that with certain animals. You play dead, like with a fucking bear, you know, or whatever it is. So uh, uh, this was the game that he was crediting it to? Was it the kid that said that? Yeah, exactly. The kid okay. said that. Hey, I have no problem with that because, uh, like, you know, so, so, so we were talking, you know, MMA is not exactly – the best thing out there right now, people still like, for instance, the other day I was, um, when I was actually bringing it up at work, you know, every, every once in a while it will come up at work and then like, it just gets my balls tingling when I start talking about it and just go on and on for hours about it. But when I bring up that, like, yeah, I really do like MMA or yeah, I do grapple or I used to kickbox or anything like that. People look at you like, like, like you're dirty. Like you, like you've been just like, you just, like, did you know, you just beat off like behind the counter and now you're going to have a conversation with them. I can't stand it, but we did get a good, get a little bit of good. Uh, do you remember the story about like a month and a half ago that the guy ended up subduing the criminal because he watches UFC for like the last 20 years? Yeah, that guy actually, um, I saw a short interview with him, uh, afterwards. They like Dana, like visited the guy at the, um, you know, at the hospital and gave him tickets to that event that they had in New Jersey. Oh, yeah, and he gave him, like, a shit ton of merchandise, and he's, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, and now he's, I know he's actually involved in the litigation and trying to make, uh, trying to make MMA a good thing for New York, or uh, in order to get MMA into New York now. Yeah. Like, they're we, using him as... To sanction him, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, like, it's funny because, like, things that, like, like World of Warcraft and, you know, uh, UFC are kind of like, oh, we shouldn't, we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't do this or we shouldn't do that. Look, it actually serves a good purpose in the community, okay? It can do well. <laughs> it can do well. Fucking double-legged criminal that had killed four people that day? That's fucking awesome. Yes, or taunt the animal <laughs> that's about to maul your sister. Taunt, taunt the moose. You got to taunt the moose. It's fucking hilarious. But... That is. Oh, uh, shit. Well, we've got some uh, MMA talk, I think, uh, coming up a little bit further. Uh, Bellator. Um, interesting stuff that, uh, went down with strike force here, uh, last night. Um, and, uh, I think a little more after that, right? Right. Stay tuned. Okay. All right. Whether you yearn to eliminate unsightly debris from those hard to reach spaces between your teeth, or you crave a splash of bacon zest, a spice of the boring oral hygiene routine, these bacon-flavored toothpicks are for you. Arm yourself with the invigorating pig freshness and the confidence that you can take on the world. The next time you pig out, you'll be glad you've got these flavorful, slender sticks of wood by your side. Bacon-flavored toothpicks. Get a box or 12. This is not real product. We do not attempt to buy us at home. MMA in the Cajun is associates are currently looking for sponsorship. We'll be more than happy to put your awesome product in this space. If you have any questions, please contact us at MMAInTheCage at gmail.com. You're listening to Esteban McCarthy and Ryan Zagan on MMA and the And we're back. 
Ryan, you said you were going to get into it. So fucking get into it. Let's do this. What do we have God to talk about? What do we, we have got, to talk about? We got two motherfucking weeks of Bellator. I missed one of them, but let's talk about the first one. Uh, Bellator 39? Yeah, Bellator 39. We had Eddie Alvarez versus Pat Curran. Ben Saunders versus Matt Lee. I mean, it was pretty good. It was, it was a damn good event, actually. I mean, I really enjoyed watching it. Uh, yeah, the actually there was one other fight that I wanted to talk about, uh, the Patricky Pitbull. Oh man, that was uh, and and Toby Yamada. Uh, that was a sick knee. Flying was it a flying knee or was it just a straight knee? I think it was just a straight knee. And it ends up just fucking dazing uh, Amada, and he's just he's like out on his feet. Yeah, and and then uh, goes for the finish. That was uh that was awesome. Love seeing that shit. Uh, and then uh, Killer Beast uh, Saunders uh, just absolutely steamrolled. Um, poor little Asian man. Manly. Um, yeah, no kidding. Like, Ben Saunders, honestly, like, he lost a couple in the UFC, but I still, he's he's still, if he just got, you know, a little bit better at defending the takedown, he should be in the UFC right now. I mean, he's a damn yeah, good fighter. And you could yes. clearly see there was a huge gap in talent, and that fucking Chinaman would just not go down. Yeah, it was. He took a savage, savage beating uh, before the doctor finally came in, or the refs ended up saving him, and the doctor saved him from no kidding. Just, awful punishment and then uh yeah eddie alvarez came out there and just uh, uh worked over uh uh pat curran now we now eddie Al, i think we should stick on this for a second because later on we're going to be talking about the gilbert melendez fight so eddie alvarez ryan my opinion right now it, it's, it's so hard to say it's so hard to say but i still think that eddie alvarez is number one lightweight fighter out there you know eddie alvarez i mean did you see just the way he was moving i mean he, he looked like dominic cruz when he went, when he was in and out, like normally Eddie Alvarez is like a good boxer. He's got great head movement, but this time his feet were just as good as his head, and he wasn't getting hit. Yeah, he was uh, just total domination, and yeah, he's definitely you got to say maybe top five. Oh, he's easily top five, but I'm saying he's top. He's the top. He's the top of the top. I mean, I, I don't I don't see. I mean, if you think of the top five guys in UFC or top five guys in Zufa right now. Who do you think? Who do you? Who beats Eddie Alvarez? You know, you've got that. Uh, I, I think Gray Manor, Gray Maynard's uh, just a tough guy to fight. Period. Just because he's that, uh, he, he's got just better takedowns, and he can he can move around, push around pretty much anybody at lightweight. Um, just because he's got the strength and he's got a wrestling advantage. So, and then he's got the, and then he's got a, a a pretty decent pretty decent power in his hands. Uh, so I, I think he may be able to get a hold of Eddie Alvarez, put him on his back, and he would work him over to a d- decision. It, it would be just a matter of uh, trying to c- catch up with him. Um, I think uh, he Alvarez would end up having to try and fight him like uh, Frankie did. And I was going to say, Frankie's it, a distant. Except, see, honestly, I look at Eddie Alvarez as like a bet. It's like a much better version of Frankie Edgar. I mean, like Eddie Alvarez is. Uh, Wrestling is a lot better, and his stand-up is so smooth, and he can actually knock guys out. And it's hard to find, you know, the lightweight, the lightweight guys that actually actually knock guys out. He can submit. I mean, he's good everywhere. I I would take him against Graham Anderson any day of the week, to be honest, because we saw what Frankie Edgar could do to him. And as I said, I just think he's a better version of him. I don't know. I, I don't know that there's that big of a gap between uh, Eddie Alvarez and Frank or uh, Frankie Edgar. I think that would be. I think they're pretty closely matched up that's unfortunately really not a fight that i would anticipate us seeing anytime soon here though ever 
Yeah, so. I mean, unless Bellator completely falls in on itself, yeah, it's never going to happen. But uh, yeah, yeah, the, he's de- def- definitely a top guy, and it's a shame because he's just going to end up fighting a lot of these guys that are going to be, you know, castoffs from Zufa, and so he's not going to be fighting that top top competition. But you know, if he continues to fight with Bellator, I mean, this guy's going to stay undefeated for for a while. I mean, he's a, he's just a real tough dude. You know, well, do are we going to see you know Bellator actually come up in in terms of like are we going to see it become competition? Because they do have some staple fighters in there that are that can that can hold the that have been holding the organization and continue to do so. You know, Eddie Alvarez is extremely exciting. Hector Lombard is just the dirtiest motherfucker ever, and he is an animal. I mean, he, like he hasn't lost like like his last like twenty three fights, and it's they've all been by knockout. As far as will they become the number two promotion? I guess now to. Well, I mean, like, you know, no, I think they're, they're. I think they they're number two right now just by default, just because there is no more strike force. But I mean, there is a strike. You, you know what I mean? But I mean, right. in terms, like, do, do you think that they're gonna? Do you think they're gonna propose a, a significant threat in the future? No, not really. I mean, it's it's gonna be hard. The, the, the things that's gonna happen is they're gonna end up having a couple of those guys, like your Hector Lombard, your Eddie Alvarez, just a couple of guys that that are probably just gonna continue to dominate. And if they stay there, they're just gonna build up, you know, this aura that they're, you know, that they're awesome. And you know, I, you'd you'd obviously want them to see everybody to be under the Zufa banner. So there's none of well, what if this guy fought this guy? You just have him fucking fight. Um, you know, will that catapult Bellator into being any sort of competition for the UFC? No. I mean, shit. UFC buying up Strike Force like that, they just eliminated any other threat. And the thing is, if they start to become big enough, then Zufa would probably end up buying them too. Right. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think they definitely have a chance. I haven't really looked at the numbers yet with the. Uh... With the uh, MTV2 thing, I mean, last time last time I, I heard they were doing all okay, but I mean, I really think it's just a, it, I think it's, I think that it, it, it is, can, it can survive and it can succeed just if more people start liking the sport, just in general, because yeah, you know, people want to see that, you know, people want to see it week to week. I mean, I mean, I do definitely, if you follow the sport, you know, obviously 200,000 people who, who have been watching it week to week want to, but I, I think it's right now in turn, like it just, it, it would become bigger if there were just more people watching the sport. Yeah, yeah. If it was definitely more mainstream than what it is, then that would obviously help them. Um, th- you know, they've got a decent TV deal. I think one of the big things that's hurting them is just, at least I'm, I, I don't get it in HD. I know a lot of people aren't getting MTV2 in HD um, or that have complained about it. And I'm not even sure if it's, it's even broadcast in HD. And I know that kind of deters a lot of people from even looking at it. Because I, literally, I wouldn't know <laughs> if I had MTV2. Because I don't, just on my guide, I don't even search for the stuff that's not HD. That's so and funny. So, that's so funny. Uh, like, I, you're not, like, you're like the fifth person that's told me that this week. Like, I don't watch it unless it's HD. Like, I mean, is it really that big of a deal? Yes, it is. I mean, it, it, for me, and, and the the bad thing about it is when I first got HD, I, it almost did that to me instantly when most stuff wasn't in HD um, at that point. I mean, there was HDNet and there was, you know, Discovery and, you know, a couple other just bullshit channels. There was, you know, probably about 12 <laughs> HD channels and then just the very, you know, sparing thing on, you know, on ESPN um, that would be in HD. And 
at that point, I struggled even to go back just to standard definition. <laughs> so yeah, I've been so kind of like that you just for a got, while. You now. got caught up with all of your bear grills and all of your uh, all of your Animal Planet, um, you know, the, the the half hour specials. Yeah, I mean, I've seen all sorts of crazy shit. The the I think it was the Planet or something that was. Uh, um, Planet you know, Earth series, yeah, yeah, Planet Earth. That was awesome. Like, see, that's that. See, but that was—is that special HD or is that just HD in general? Yeah, that's just HD. Oh, see, that looked really nice. Yeah, well, they made a series out of it, or they made a fucking DVD about. Yeah. Yeah, but so Ryan, we want to talk a little bit about Dan Henderson versus Fedor and just the general Zufa, um, Zufa buying strike force up and some matches matchups that um, kind of are of interest. Okay. Um, what would you? Uh, what would you? care to discuss first you want to do uh the the potential the the potential henderson fedor matchup yes i think it's i I think the most interesting thing about it is the fact that uh fedor is considering moving down to 205 pounds i i I completely agree no yeah uh, i completely agree like you know this because originally i mean i've never even thought about this fight before but like now that i see it on paper i'm like yeah I would like to see that. And then it opens up the door for a lot of other things. But, I mean, like, he just does not need – I don't know. Do you think that he, he survives at 205? No. No. 205 is harder. It's a tougher division than heavyweight is, especially if he's going to end up trying to fight people in the in the UFC. But um, I, I think him fighting Henderson's a, it's just a bad fight for Fedor. Um, just because, you know, he, he's not going to be that much bigger than Henderson and you know Fedor's got a great recuperative ability but people that get tagged by Henderson's right hand just go to sleep and I think this would be the first time that we'd probably actually see Fedor put to sleep and actually go out so and the thing is Henderson's got the the rustling chops to keep it standing Fedor needs to um, try and get a hold of him and, and put Henderson on his back and uh, I think that's his his only way he's going to end up winning. If he tries to stand and trade, which you know Fedor likes to do, he's gonna he's gonna have a short night. Yeah, I mean, I just I don't know. I I, I think Fedor moving down to 205. You know, I think he just should stay at heavyweight. I mean, he he's been at, he's been fun to watch at heavyweight. I still think there are a lot of good matchups when UFC actually does merge with uh, with Strikeforce. So I don't know. I think I think he's good there, and I think that's where uh, most people want to see him too. Yeah, I, th- I, I think he should stay at heavyweight. The the other thing that I kind of like about this is uh, that Fedor is not going to get gifted that you know the um, the replacement fight that they were that they were doing at heavyweight. Was it Chad Griggs that ended no, up yeah, winning that? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like they were just going to fuck over some guy by plugging Fedor back into the tournament, and yeah, someone ex- ended up getting hurt. No, it's absolutely, totally yeah. screwed. It was like, like come on, getting the fucking buy, and then he only has to be like one note. <laughs> Just so, it's so strike force. Launched into the quarter or the semifinals, you know. Just it was like, uh, oh shit, what's his name? Rogers after losing to Fedor, then right. fighting for the title. The title. Yeah, it's like exactly. what the fuck are you doing? So, so Ryan, I, you know, I was. It was funny because I was actually trying to. I, I went out to the bar last night to watch the Strike Force event, um, and someone was asking me. So, so like, so this is UFC. I'm like. It's not UFC. It just got bought by UFC. Okay, like so. What does that mean? Well, you know, they're they're operating as a separate organization. It's like so. Just tell them, yes, yes, it, this is UFC. 
No, see, because I don't want to dilute UFC by that. Well, first of all, let's talk about that. So this was the first, or this was the first, you know, fight that we that that was under the UFC banner. Now, I'm not talking about any of the fights yet, but what did you think about the production value? The production was basically the the same, and it was pretty much the same thing with the challengers. Uh, just a couple of funny things. One, you didn't see the challengers card, but that was actually the first event that Strikeforce put on. Um, and it was so funny just over and over again. Uh, Morrow and um, and Pat Militich were doing it. They kept on saying, you know, at least a dozen times how much the elbows changed the game. And, <laughs> and, and, what, and what a difference that's going to make by having elbows in, in uh, strike force now. Right, of course, so, of course. But, I mean, like, so I thought that there's was so many. Funny. And, you know, that was a, you know, now they actually adopted unified rules, which is, you know, I don't know why they weren't doing that before. Um, and it actually helped, uh, um, you know, a couple of the fighters win their fights here, um, you know, in the past couple of events here. The, f- the funniest thing was just seeing Dana there wearing a Strike First t-shirt. I thought that was <laughs> hilarious. I, you know what? It threw me off because I was so I was at the bar. I was a couple drinks in. And then I'm watching the Strike Force event. And then Jake Shields comes up on the screen. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing there? Why does he have a mic in front of his face right now? I completely forgot that, like, oh, yeah, that's right. Now they're using him to co-promote with the U.S. Like, they're using – I mean, they had a UFC banner on the mat. And yes. Yeah, yeah, which was funny. But, yeah. It was. Uh, it's different. It's different. I'm not used to seeing it. I'm not. I'm, it makes me very uncomfortable. So I just want this to go through quickly, so we can just get to the end. So just get to the end game. Okay. Now we have one organization, not two separate ones. Yeah. It's 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 shocking to me that uh, that that Showtime just hasn't relinquished that the production over to Zufa. I mean, they they do it. There's a reason why the UFC has gotten as popular as it has, and they just run it a lot better than what anybody else does. And I, I figured Showtime would maybe they'll start to adopt it. I, I just think, uh, I think it may be an ego thing with, it's uh, an absolute ego thing. Who's got the biggest dick in the room type thing. I mean, it's like, so. it's like fucking dealing with the Russians with M one global and trying to, and trying to talk sense into them. It's the same exact goddamn thing. Well, I'll tell you one thing that changed a little bit, uh, last night. And I don't, I'm sure you probably didn't catch it since you were just kind of watching at a bar there. But, um, one guy that I've done nothing but just dog on, Gus um, Johnson and his crazy makeup and, you know, nice glossy pink lips that he always comes out there with. Um, I've given that guy a ton of shit, but he's actually training uh, uh, under Henzo Gracie, uh, some jujitsu now. So I've got a little bit more respect and he did it really just to help him call MMA better. And so, you know, I appreciate uh, the the efforts at least that uh, he's put into it. Fucking Frank Shamrock, though. What what the fuck is he doing there? I mean, come <laughs> still. Come, you, and, we, can't, and, we can't get any. Why does he? Get... And why does he smile? What are you smiling about? It's because you he got just got braces eight, off. You got eight tons of fucking metal in your oh, mouth. Oh no, he's still still in his mouth. That's right. Yeah. It's nothing to be happy about. <laughs> Hey guys, <laughs> I'm on TV. You just hear him breathing through the fucking braces. It's <laughs> so yeah, oh man, but I mean, you you get the, you think like Frank Mir or, or like Stefan Bonner or uh, you know Kenny Florian could fl- fill in for his shoes or anything, but no, not yet. Well, hopefully, I think I'll, I think that would probably help their production value the most. Get fucking Mauro, Gus, and Frank the hell out of there. Just just throw them out. <laughs> just fucking. <laughs> or, or you could do the three-way death match. The one guy who comes out, he's the one that gets to keep the job. And I would choose more on that. I would choose more over anybody. Yeah. 
He needs it. He has no other option. He has no other option. He was gifted pride. He was gifted the elite XC. Now he's been gifted this. He's got nothing else. He's got t- just awful dental work that he's had done. And yeah, he he's he he doesn't have anything else. He he should have it. So <laughs> I, I I say you you put him in there with uh, uh, Michael Chavello and see which which guy's head blows off their fucking shoulders first god damn dude like i would love to see i was i was listening to a podcast with joe rogan he had michael chavello on it was fucking amazing i would love i would love to have them comment like just one fight i mean i could just i would have a heart attack just listening to the prelims yeah i was i was watching a uh good night Irene. okay so a couple of these michael chavello isms uh <laughs> one was uh he, he took more knocks than a jehovah's witness nice and the other one is he took he's taking more blows than a b- box of kleenex <laughs> you know you gotta you gotta wonder if he comes up on the spot with it or it, it's oh no oh no these are written down he, he's got a fucking card do you not see the the card that he's got the, no no yeah he, he's, he's got it right there in front of him so i i would like to get my hands on that index card because <laughs> it's just got a lots of hilarity sell it on ebay but, uh, no, I mean, there's so many good guys out there and there are so many okay guys out there and you just stick with your shitty one. Maybe that's, maybe that's why, maybe that's why, uh, the UFC and the uh, strike force are having, or not strike force on Showtime are having so much problems. Maybe like they like Morrow and them are like such good friends. Like, no, he's going to be fucking out. Just, just let, just let us pull the trigger on this one. They just, they just won't let it happen. Maybe that's it. You never know. Yeah. The, uh, one of the other just striking things I saw yesterday, um, and you said you caught the end of the uh, the Jardine fight. Yes, fans. I apologize. I did not catch all the fights because okay. I had douchebags and not uh, make their way out on time to the bar. But yes, I caught the end Good. of the uh, Jardine fight. Did you see? Uh, I can't remember his first name. The the ref. The Beltron. fucking ref. Yes, oh the ref. God, dude. I the only guy that's scarier than Keith Jardine. The only guy that's scarier looking than Keith Jardine was ref from the match. I loved. That fucking mustache. I mean, we're trying to get some legitimacy to this. I was as, as soon as I saw him, I thought he was going to take uh, Gaygard and Jardine. I was actually picking him went to win the fight. <laughs> I mean, like you know, we're trying to get some legitimacy here. Like it's bad enough that like half the refs are like just tatted up head to toe, which is okay. Which is okay. They cover him up, but I mean, Christ, man, you got a guy that looks like ZZ Top's dad. You can't. <laughs> can't do that but um yeah so i you know i think i definitely think that the zufa thing it just needs to i just want it to come to fruition already like what's going to happen with it like i want to i i need to know the details of this because there's so many fights that i already want to see and it's it just bottom line is we're running out of good fights we're running out of decent fights in strike force i mean like there really there really is not many too many left out there in order for like you know daily and uh and diaz i mean like you know i think the only one that's really left Besides the heavyweights, is Miller versus uh, versus Diaz? Mayhem Miller versus Diaz. That's the only thing that's left out there. I mean, well, do I want to see Josh Thompson fight Gilbert Melendez again? Maybe, but I mean, that's you know, that's a repeat. Uh, and there's just so many that's, that's already been done. You're like, what else are you gonna do? Well, you you say that, but I mean, it's not like it's any different than what Strikeforce always is. Strikeforce is just they they're paycheck to paycheck. I mean, it's literally. You know, they, they come up with shit on the fly. The most organized thing they've ever had has been this heavyweight tournament. Otherwise, it's just like, okay, we have this event, and all right, then let's try and put together something else. There's, you know, it's not like the UFC where it seems like they actually have a plan for, for things and who's going to fight who next. 
um, it, it, Strikeforce just hasn't had that. Now with with Zufa acquiring them, I, I think that's definitely going to change here. So I, I think there'll be fights that will, you know, you'll start to kind of see that plan, but it's going to take them a few events before they actually get to that point to where you're, you know, okay, well, this guy is the next guy that you want to see fight for the belt. Or, you know, if this next guy wins, then he's going to be fighting for the belt. Sure. So, I don't know. I just want to see him merge already so I can see a lot of uh, a lot of matchups I've been dreaming about for years now. So that's all. That's it. Whatever. Okay. But, um. Well, I think uh, we're uh, we're up on a break again here, Estevan. Um, Fucking got, sponsors, uh, man! Fucking sponsors. We, we we got we got to we got to get paid ourselves. So I'm gonna get that script. Um, sit tight with us. We've got uh, some uh, coverage of the Strike Force event that happened last night. Nick Diaz and Paul Daly. Uh, stick with us. MMA in the cage with your Latin lover Esteban and the enigmatic Ryan Jenkins. And thanks for sticking with us here on MMA in the cage with Esteban McCarthy. I'm Ryan Jenkins. And Esteban, we had a nice little strike force card here last night. Uh, um, Nice submissions and probably the best one round of MMA that I've seen so far this year. What do you think? I, I completely agree, man. Strike Force actually came through. I, you know, I, I thought this was going to be a good card, and it ended up being it. Like, you know, it, it was it was pretty damn legit. You know, we had the first fight. We had Shinya Aoki versus uh, what the fuck was his name? Lyle, Lyle Beer Bomb. Beer Bomb. Yes. In yep. submission, Fancy due to <laughs> due to neck crank. So fancy I, pants versus the Jap that wears fancy pants. I thought you were talking about fan. I thought no, no, beer bombs. <laughs> that's that's his fight name. Oh, okay, I'm yeah, sorry. He, he, he was like a fucking meth head, um, and he was in prison for a while, and that's why he decided to learn how to fight MMA. And I don't know where fancy pants fucking came from, but uh, I thought it was pretty funny that fancy pants was fighting Aoki. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, in the first round, pretty much expe- as expected. You know, uh, Aoki, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah Beerbaum's a submission guy himself, and he doesn't have size to move Aoki around or the ability to keep it standing. He got taken down, and Aoki is just fucking – the guy is a goddamn snake. Um, his jujitsu is really disgusting and he does just filthy stuff to people. That is the nastiest, most painful looking neck crank that I think I've seen, um, in an MMA fight. It was brutal, especially for guys that are not that big like that. And he just had his head going one way that it should not have been going. So I'm just just glad he didn't flick anybody off this time or break anyone's arms. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, uh, It's nice to see, but, uh, he was respectful. Yeah, you better be fucking. And uh, and what was nice is they didn't even attempt to try and interview him afterwards because I hate the interview through a trans. One, the interview in the cage is always shitty, anyways. 
Um, but through you know, the translator, he, he got the possibility it's, of crying. It's, it's even worse through the translator, and you got all the shit that's been going down in Japan. You didn't want to hear that crap. They just got him, ushered him out the the cage. It was uh, it was the way they should have done it. Speaking uh, of Japan, I'm going to go ahead and skip the next fight for now, and let's talk about Tetsuya Ajiri versus Gilbert Melendez. Okay, lightweight title fight. What the fuck was with Tatsuya? The guy fucking looked like he had radiation poisoning coming in that fucking ring. He did looked you, horrible. He looked god-awful. Did you say title fight? Yeah, it was a title fight. fight? It was, it oh, was yeah, a, no. It was a massacre. Good God. That was fucking just the most brutal destruction. Uh, Melendez, Kawajiri offered nothing. Nothing. He was getting killed standing up, and he just took a savage beating once uh, uh, Gil took it to the ground. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was like honestly, I I actually had Tatsuya. I, I don't know if I had him winning, but I knew he had a damn good chance of coming in. But like, he looked like absolute garbage coming in. Like he didn't offer anything. He didn't even throw a punch. As soon as he went to the ground, like he, I mean, he looked dazed the entire time. You know, it, I, I don't know. I don't know what was with him. I'd have to check up on it. But I mean, hats off to Gilbert Melendez again. Fantastic looking finish, fantastic performance on his part. I really don't like anyone out of that camp, but you know they all look good that night, so I can't really can't really say anything on them. They have some fucking savages that uh, fight out of there, so you should maybe, uh, um, you know, since you're out there, just you know swing by the camp and just you know do a. Uh, you might want to give uh, maybe Nick Diaz a. You know, We've I, always I, talked about this. What would happen if I, I ever? I what would, <laughs> yeah, what would now, happen if I ever now, saw Nick Diaz? I have a now, chance. Now is this time. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and, after, and, and after what happened last night, uh, I wouldn't go up to him and, and talk shit to him. Dude, okay. So let's talk. I mean, let, well, hold on. Let's go, let's get to Gay Guard versus Keith Jardine. Okay? okay. First of all, what the fuck is with Gay Guard? Goddamn Musasi. Like that was that was so bad. Oh my god, I am watching that neck crank right now. God damn, that's disgusting. Sorry guys, I'm watching the Shinyaoki neck crank right now. It's fucking horrible. Anyways. Yeah. Did, did did you like how Estevan just kind of faked it? Maybe <laughs> that's the first time he's actually seen this. He's, I read. I read the, this shit, he's, just, he's just reading this off a fucking junkie. Okay. He's like, yeah, that was fucking. That was the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> No, I was I I did read it off Junkie. I was reading the uh, like you know, like the round by round, but uh, anyways, um, Jay Garden Musasi versus Keith Jardine. So what so what happened in the first round? It, uh, so Gay Guard got deducted a point for was it nut kick? I think it was a nut kick. Okay, I, think, I can't I can't remember for sure. It was not. It, it wasn't a very entertaining fight at all. Um, I mean, basically. The way to describe it is Jardine was just looking for a way not to get knocked out. That was the fight. If that's how, if I could summarize it, it would be that um, he was shooting for takedowns that he didn't do anything with. Once he got Musasi down, shit, Musasi's pretty violent off of his back as far as throwing strikes. So, Absolutely. shit, he was doing he, he was doing all the damage. He was cutting up Jardine, you know, when uh, Jardine took him down. Uh, Mus- Musasi. You know, stand up. He was a lot crisper, cleaner. Everybody's crisper and cleaner than Jardine. Jardine looks like he's having a fucking seizure out there. But you said, I was going to say, but you say crisper and cleaner. You know, I came in halfway through the second round and he looked like shit. He had gassed already. And like, yeah, I was was talking about, I was talking about in the first round. And yes, they both gassed bad. Um, You know, they were making excuses in the broadcast that, you know, Jardine had taken the fight on short notice. So you can understand that a little bit. 
But, uh, yeah, Musasi didn't look good at all. Well, shit, uh, if you're a fucking professional fighter and you're not cutting 20 pounds a day of, then you should show up to fight and you should be in, in shape. Yeah. I mean, the okay. guy the guy was taught, was almost had a title fight at one point in time. And you're telling me that he's, you know, oh, he, he, he caught, he cut last minute, which is like three weeks, really. And it, no, fuck that. that. That's bullshit. They both showed up out of shape. And, it, and honestly, from what I saw, it looked like shit. Like, I did not enjoy watching. Like, I don't, that's digressing in the sport. Like, going back to the way it used to be when no one actually used to train full time as a fighter. You know, by the third round, they looked like shit. I don't want to fucking watch that. Yeah, it was it was a sloppy fight for sure. So it was nothing, nothing to write home about. But and then, and so if you guys didn't see it, it ended up being a draw. Yeah, it was just kind of a crazy draw. You know, they gave a couple of the judges gave Jardine one of the round. I thought Musasi won all three rounds, um, and so minus the point deduction, he still should have won. UD, they're talking about a rematch, or they mentioned rematch why the fuck would you rematch a terrible <laughs> just yeah. don't, don't don't do that let jardine drop down to 185 and see if that 15 pounds um you know helps his chin get any better so. <laughs> no i mean you know it, it seems to be the popular thing to do nowadays like every time someone draws let's fucking just oh, let's, let's make them fight again no you should have got it done in the first place yes yeah it wasn't much of a fight so i, I don't get the immediate rematch and especially when it's not an intriguing fight at all so and it's not like it ended in a crazy fashion or anything like that so right i've i've accepted the decision and there's closure in my mind okay so so we had a draw on that one now this next fight i was hoping for like a double knockout and then someone comes and stabs both of them in the end but that didn't end up happening we had nick diaz versus paul simtex daily yeah that was uh like I said before, this was probably the best round of MMA that I've seen so far this year. Extremely entertaining. And I would like to say currently, um, the guy that delivers 100% of the time is Nick Diaz. I have to completely could, could, agree with could he Could he be the most entertaining MMA fighter in the world? Uh, I wouldn't go as far to say the most entertaining fighter just because... I, like you have to be able, like you have to have one punch knockout power for me, and and so that's the only reason. But he, you are absolutely right when you say 100% of his fights right now he's bringing. Like he's he's fucking he's got the entire organization on his back, you know. That like it, it might as well be the Nick Diaz organization, like, you know, Strike Force slash Nick Diaz organization because Fedor is not anything now. So I mean, Nick Diaz is the staple in the organization, and he's fucking killing guys in in in, in, in amazing fashion. I mean, that was a great round of fight to watch. Yeah, the, the uh, you know all the talk was about you know if Daly lands that one that one punch the big left cross, you know anybody's done. It'll sl- he's gonna knock him into a fucking coma. <laughs> Not fucking Nick Diaz. Nick Diaz has got one of the best chins in MMA. I mean, he and, dropped and, him a couple times and, though. And and, and and I exactly, but he took that punch. He took that left hook that knocks everybody else out, and he was able to recover from it a couple of times. Um, and he was able to. He ended up outstriking him. He he knocked him out, and and uh, I, I guess he didn't knock him all the way out, um, but uh, he was working him over. And uh, I thought it might have been a little early. I was really just hoping to see another round. No shit. To give, to give Daly a chance to recover there, just because it was just more of what I was watching. 
But, um, it, you know, you see Daly when he was trying to get up, and it, he didn't have his feet underneath so, him. So, so it was, it was a good the, stoppage. What the fuck was with that? So, I mean, like, I don't like, – I, I, I think I would have loved to see it go to a second round because it really was a great fight up until that point. But so he got off the cage, and then – he, Nick Diaz didn't push him. Like Nick Diaz kind of went forward, and then Daly just fell over. Like, whoa, what? What was that? Like, I'm confused. He, he he swarmed him with a few shots there, and I think right before that, he kind of he he clipped him a little bit, and yeah, he ended up turning his back and kind of running a, a little bit and falling down. So I think one of those shots just kind of knocked him a little bit off balance, and he was trying to gain his ground. He may have sl- he may have slipped. Um, I'm not sure exactly what it ended up like his, happening His there. leg ended up looking like it was almost about to break, cause, like, and then he just ended up falling on his back, and it, it was just a weird, awkward... I mean, I, I, I don't I don't disagree with the finish. I mean, I think that, you know, he wasn't defending, defending himself intelligently at the time, but, um, yeah, I mean, it would just been nice to see him go to the second round. But, Absolutely. I mean, again... Hats off to Nick Diaz. I may I may drop by his gym and say, you know, congratulations. You, you, know, like, <laughs> you never know. A little happy little note. You never know, but um, from your biggest fan, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> like I remember when we met Matt, Matt Brown, and uh, I was like, "Oh my God, I'm your biggest fan." You fucking called me out. You cheered for your rival each time, man. You cheered for, for favor each time. Fucking asshole. Yeah, exactly. Just like, exactly just like what you want to hear. Just like you've uh, watched all the the fights we've been talking about here too. Dude, so that was the first time that I missed a fight. And you know, it's because of my job. Okay, so that shit. But um. All right, well, we got so I think that's all we have time for today. But um, what we got next yeah. week, man? Um, I, I'm pretty sure I'll blow my load here for the next couple of weeks. What do you think? I don't know. If I got something to talk about, I think we will. But yeah, I mean, there really isn't anything up up until uh, the next UFC. I mean, we got tough in Bellator. If I can catch Bellator, I'll, I'll watch it. But um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how we feel next week. But if any guys have any questions, comments, or concerns, go ahead and, and you think you should uh, email us, right? MMA in the cage at gmail.com. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, and uh, check out uh, our blog at uh, blogger.mmainthecage.com. Absolutely. And if you have disagreements with the shows, if you don't like them, if you love them, you know, let us know. Oh, by the way, go and rate us on uh, iTunes and make sure that they're good ratings because it actually helps us out a little bit. So thank you very much. My name is Estevan McCarthy. I'm Ryan Jenkins. Why do you always have to do that? Why do have to be a dick? Just fucking like, just follow me up with it so it can be smooth. <laughs> you don't want the, the delay there? No. It's dramatic, right? No, no, because it makes me sound like a douche. We'll see you guys next week. If you guys have any questions about MMA, relationship advice, life, or just some bullshit you want to ask me and Ryan, hit us up on Facebook and Twitter, or send us an email at MMAInTheCage at gmail.com. 